0: Amen. So our base scripture is what? John what? 15, 16. And we're going to talk about tonight uh, the process of becoming a fisher of men. Amen. And I told you that one of our key verses was, one, the other key verse is Mark chapter 1, verse 17. And the topic of our lesson tonight is we're talking about becoming fishers of men. Now, uh, remember what's happening here. Jesus was preaching In Galilee, all right. He's out here preaching. Remember, Jesus. How many know how long Jesus's ministry was? How long did? How long was Jesus's ministry? Three years. Amen. He lived for thirty-three years. It took him thirty years to get into ministry. All right. Can you imagine that? Took him thirty years, and then he started ministry, and three years later, and only three. It only lasted three years. Okay, and he came to fulfill. Amen. The promises of God. Amen. And I thank God for that. So here Jesus is, is, is by the Sea of Galilee and he's going along and, and let's just look at it from verse 14. It says, now after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God. See that? And saying that the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe what? What? In the gospel. Now, does anyone know what the gospel is? That word gospel in the Greek, it's euangelion. The word euangelion means good news. Notice what Jesus was preaching. Was he preaching prosperity? (laughs) Was he preaching health and wealth? No, he was preaching the what? The gospel, the good news. Now, what is the good news? The birth, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension, and then now the second coming of Jesus Christ. So, so, here's the thing. A lot of us, when we go outreaching and when we go out to, to, to share the gospel, right, we have to remind ourselves that we are responsible to carry the gospel and nothing else. We, you see, here's the thing. If you go out here promising people, you know, well, you know, if you come to my church you know everything is going to be all right if you if you if you uh you know Jesus is going to fix your marriage. I know you're going through a tough time. When we hit these streets, there are people that are going through some tough times, amen. And they're looking for hope. But here's the thing: we must offer hope in Christ and in nothing else. We have to be very careful that when we go out witnessing, that we're not just offering. Jesus as just this solution to a watch this to a problem that's deeper than what they're going through right now. The problem really is sin. Amen. A lot of churches are not talking, a lot of pastors are not talking about sin. Amen. The issue is sin. What we all sin and fall in what? Short of the glory of God, right? And here's the thing, Jesus went out and look what verse 15 says. He says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is what? At hand, repent. Now, that word repent, let's talk about that for a minute. The word repent means to change your mind. Amen. The word in the Greek is mataneo, And the word simply means to, when when a person repents, what they're saying is, I'm changing directions. Amen. I'm no longer, listen, I'm going to change my mind about this situation. I'm going to change my mind about sin, about living the way I am, living right now. Here's the thing. The only way that you and I can change what we're doing in our lives is if we have a changed heart. Amen. A lot of people say, well, I want to change, but they say it in word, but they never change their heart. Amen. Because the mind is the heart. Now, watch this. Now, the the word repent means to change one's mind. But remember, when you change your mind and your heart is changed, look what the text says. It says, repent and believe. That's the key. See, a lot of people say, well, yeah, I believe in Jesus, right? But we see no fruit. Come on, somebody. What's our our base scripture? Go there for me. Go ahead, sister. Read it for me. And appointed you and what? Bear fruit and that your fruit may what? Now here's the thing. How can somebody, listen, we go out here, we tell people this. We say, come come to the house of the Lord, come to church, right? They come to church, but yet from your life, they see nothing. Hello, somebody. How can they really be attracted to Jesus if when they look at your life, they don't see Jesus (laughs) or they don't see a good example. Listen, we all gonna fall short of the glory of God. I'm not trying to say we're all perfect and all this other stuff. But here's the thing. If I'm intentionally going out on these streets and I'm bringing people into the house of God, guess what? They got to see something in me that attracts them to God. You, you follow what I'm saying? And here's the thing. Our conversations give us away. Do I have anybody? Amen. And so he says that our, that our fruit should remain. So it's our responsibility that after we've brought somebody to Christ or after we've brought somebody into the kingdom of God, it's our responsibility now to walk alongside them, watch this, and help them to become stronger, watch this, in their belief. Because watch this. If I were to ask you tonight, what do you know about Jesus? What would you tell me? Amen. That he's good. All right. I'll take that. I'll take that. Anybody else? All right. He's the beginning and the end. He's faithful. Okay. He's powerful. Come on. Yeah. He's a lover of our soul. He delivers. He saves your soul. he, He forgives us, right? Now, watch this. All you guys are describing all the things that he does, you're not describing who he is. I wish I had somebody. Amen. And who is he? He is, as Sister Hunt said, Alpha and Omega, but watch this. He is God. Hallelujah! He was in his pre-incarnate state. He he was with the Father, and then he came to Earth. Amen. In his in his in his flesh, he was God wrapped up in flesh. Amen. Amen. That's who he was. He suspended all of the attributes that he had as God, and he walked this Earth. Hallelujah! So that he could experience everything that you are experiencing right now see they always say if i'm going to follow somebody i want to follow somebody who's been where i've been do i have anybody and and the bible says we have a high priest who sympathizes with our what amen so jesus in the garden when he was in the garden of gethsemane jesus actually right after he was baptized Watch this. Right after he was baptized. Right after he had that spiritual high. Amen. Right after that, the Bible says that the spirit of the Lord guided him to the wilderness. And he was there being tempted day and night for what? For 40 days. Do I have anybody? So what he was going through In in the flesh, watch this, we go through in the flesh. But he understands what we're going through because he's been through it. So, when you say, man, I've never been through, God doesn't understand, you know, I, I, you know I, I hear you, Pastor, about Jesus, but does he really care about me? You know, the doctor gives you bad news, the amen, you got unemployed, you got, you know, you got laid off, or whatever crisis may come in your life, you got to remember this that Jesus knows what you're going through. Amen. And here's the thing. He's interested in what you believe. Watch the text. Back to Mark chapter 1 verse 15. The text says that it is, it says that for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe what? In the gospel. You see that? What saves you is your belief in Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Verse 16. And as he was going along by the sea, he saw who? Now notice this. And remember what we're talking about. We're talking about first the call. Remember I was talking about Jonah and we didn't really get to finish Jonah. Watch this. Jonah, God called him to go witness to some people. But Jonah was reluctant. The question I have for you tonight is this. What has God called you to do? Amen. And are you hesitant? Listen. I say this all the time. If your pastor has asked you to do something, you got to remember it's the Holy Spirit that knows that you got the gift. You may not see it in yourself, but the thing about having a shepherd is that God says he shepherds your what? Your soul. And so therefore God knows just what you can handle. And oftentimes when we think that we cannot handle anymore, that's the time that you get to see the God of the universe. You get to see how he operates in your life. Do I have anybody? The text goes on to say that Jesus now is going along. I feel my help tonight. He says as he's going along by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew and his brother, Of Simon and... What were they doing, saints? They were what? They were at work. That's what they were doing. They were fishermen. Now, I found it pretty interesting. I know I alluded to this. The Bible says, for they were what? Fishermen. are you seeing that? Verse 16. They were what? Fishermen. Verse 17. And Jesus said to them, what? What did he say? What did he say, saints? Follow me. Amen. The question tonight is, who are you following? Amen. Jesus' call, the first call that he makes to all of us is not to evangelize, and not to all that. He says, follow me. Here's the thing. How can you... Hmm. There are a lot of people who say, I love God, but I love Him. I love Him. He's, he's awesome. He's awesome, but you don't follow Him. You, you have gifts, but you don't follow Him. You don't use the gifts that He's given you. Are you, here's the question, here's a, here's a real you know, confronting question Are you really following Him? <laughs> you follow Him, say, He says, follow me. And when you're following Jesus, it requires some things. It requires sacrifice. Amen. But may I say this to you? Watch this. Here's what happens when you follow Jesus. Your sacrifice then turns into service. (laughs) And watch this. And your service then becomes the joy of your salvation because now you're living on purpose i wish i had somebody somebody here tonight i want to tell you something amen you got to follow jesus listen the only way that you will find true happiness uh, You heard what it said. I think you need to write that down. Your sacrifice turns into what? Service. And then your service becomes what? The joy. I'm going to say it one more time. Some of us are just sitting on the sidelines and we're watching everybody else do everything. Watch this. When we should get involved, amen, and say, Lord, where can you use me? Do I have anybody? And let me tell you something. I found something out. I found something out. I found out there's nothing better, nothing more fulfilling than serving Jesus Christ. Because when you believe in him, watch this, you understand your purpose and you understand the plan that he has for his life, for your life. Listen, it wasn't coincidence that he was walking by the Sea of Galilee amen the text says and there he was they were casting their nets now watch verse 17 Jesus said to them follow me and I will make you become what become what fishers of men so, so I brought a little, little, little something for you tonight brought a little, little handout thing for you tonight because what I found out is a lot of people said, pastor you know I don't really talk to nobody. You know, I, I, know, I I just know a few people. But so it got me to thinking. It got me to thinking. You know, in my sanctified imagination, I got to thinking about that. Right? And I said to myself, I said, man, I know a tool I have. So I went and found my book and I got my little tool right here. And this sheet of paper. It's very helpful. It's very telling to me because just when you think that you don't know anybody, oh, I wish I had somebody. Y'all gonna shout in a minute, in a minute, in a minute. Just when you think you don't know anybody, right? What does it say there? Here's our casual contacts. How many of you go to the bank at least? Amen. We go in the bank at least once a a week, at least twice. Some of you go, some of you balling, so you go like, every other day or something amen but how many go to the bank at least once a week or something like that right I mean you know right okay all right you say well I don't go to the bank okay well then guess what get out the drive get out the drive to get go from the teller and walk inside from the ATM and walk inside and talk to a real person amen then number two service station attendants even though they don't have those anymore you know you can tell how dated this material is right Store clerks, pharmacists, doctors, dentists, waiters. I know y'all be eating out, amen. Uh, Buses, taxi, bus and taxi driver, delivery persons, mail deliverers, health club professionals, travel agents, newspaper deliverers, barbers, hairstylists, insurance agents, mechanics. I mean, that list goes on. Now, the reason I use this list, because I want to connect it. I want to connect this list to where Jesus is. All right, so watch this. Let's read it together with the list, right? And as he was going along, by what? The sea, verse 16, the sea of what? Where, where were Simon and his, where was Andrew and his brother Simon? They were at work, y'all. <laughs> Amen. And, and I believe that everybody here has an what? An occupation. Now, most of us spend at least 80% of our day at work. Am I right? (laughs) Amen. Sometimes you work overtime, sometimes, you know, that kind of stuff. But the point is, you can reach people wherever you are. And so what I want you to do is I want you to start writing down the people that you meet. And I want you to start praying for them. Amen. Pray for your barber. Pray for your bank teller. Pray for the person, li- li- librarian, or oh, whatever, your mechanic. Amen. mechanic in the back. Amen. Pray for your mechanic that he give you a good price on your car. <laughs> you know, when we go get our oil change, all kinds of stuff, you know what I mean? Here's the thing. We have opportunities to reach people. We just got to take the opportunity. Now, if you look at the other side of the sheet, what does it say there? Family. Relatives, friends, work, school, associates, neighbors, and other contacts. Put their names here. How many How you got some family members that you could honestly say tonight, they need to know Jesus? Let me see your hand tonight. Can I ask you a question? Why haven't they come to Christ yet because of your life? But here's the thing. The Bible says that you are what? Light. And wherever light is, it dispels what? Darkness. So I want you to work on this list and bring it back next week. We, we are a working church, amen? We work in Bible study, all right? Look at verse 17. Verse 17 says what? Jesus said to them, follow, them, follow me and I'll make you what? Fishers of men, right? Look at verse 18. Look at verse 18, y'all. When? When? Can I ask a question? Why do we hesitate? Why do we hesitate? I mean, here's Jesus. Now, they, they had Jesus physically, right? There, there was something. They, they didn't ask no question. They didn't say, you know what? Well, let me, let me think about that, Pastor. Now, let, me, let me think of. it. The text says immediately. Can I ask you something? What would it take for you to immediately follow him without any hesitations, without any type of, you know, you're just all in? Here's a question I have for you. Hmm. Are you a fan or are you a follower? Now, you know what fans do? Amen. Hallelujah. Woo, preach, pastor. Amen. Woo, that was deep. (laughs) That was powerful. Fans. Fans do what? Fans get the energy up, right? But watch this. When the game is over, this is the bleachers right here. Everybody what? And who's left? The players. (laughs) The coach. Come on somebody. The people that make things happen. But you and I got to ask ourselves a question. Are we fans or are we followers? A follower stays after the excitement is over and does what? He says, Lord, now what else can I do for you? A follower commits their lives to saying, listen, I'm not just going to cheer you on Sunday. I'm going to be with you seven days a week. Amen. Right? Look, what Jesus, look, look at this now. Verse 19. And going a little further, he saw Who? James, the son of Zebedee and John his brother, who were what? Now that goes back to my list. Now Jesus went to the fishermen's, but watch this, he went where they were. He went out at their job site. And he said, You know what? Hey, uh, hey y'all, follow me. And they're like, well, they didn't say, well, who are you? Who's this crazy man talking about follow me? They were compelled because they understood who he was. May I ask you something tonight? Jesus is calling you. Will you answer the call? See, you can't just say, people say, I'm called to preach. How can you be called to preach if you're not called, if you're not following? And if you're not living for him. Watch this, watch this. Immediately he called them and they left. Look, look what the text says. They left their what? Their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went away to do what? You see, sometimes in this journey, you're gonna to have to leave some people behind because it may. And listen, and sometimes it's your family members that's causing you not to follow him completely. I wish I had somebody. And that these people did not hesitate; they got up and got to going. All right, let's go to Roman numeral two on your handout. The next thing is not only must the call to action. But, but the next thing is you must go what? But what we don't want to become is a church that's just for insiders. So that when people from the outside walk in, they don't feel the unity and the love of Jesus Christ. Oh, you can't sit in my chair. Or you, you, know, you, know, you know how that goes, right? Okay, but, but watch this. We got to go where the fish is. A good fisherman, know, anybody fish here? Right, you got to go where the fish is. Right, and and here's the beautiful thing about fishing. Right, you know we went we went fishing a couple of years back. Right, <laughs> you know what I love about about <laughs> being around other people that fish. It's like rumors go around. Yeah, the fish was over here uh, a couple of hours ago. When. And then you run into somebody at the bait shop, they say, no, 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 man, you want to go over here on the side of the rock down, <laughs> down under the bridge, you know. I'm like, man, everybody know where the fish is. You follow yeah. what I'm saying? The thing about fishermen, right, they don't, they don't mind what? Sharing because they understand it's a big ocean out here. I wish I had somebody. And there's a whole lot of fish for everybody. I wish I had somebody. And, and we were like, when we went, we went to Lake Livingston, we went down, but we found a spot. Man, we found a spot, boy. We found a spot. We ran into the cabin right in front of the spot, and we went out there. My little daughter, she was, she was younger there and boy, she... But here's the thing. We went to where the fish were. And I want to say to somebody here tonight, okay, we can't get it just sitting in this building. Amen. We got to go out there in those streets and we got to talk to people that are hurting. We got to say, listen, y'all, listen. I I can't tell you what to do, but I know somebody. Amen. Like I told you, I met this gentleman right here in a Fiesta parking lot. Amen. Amen. And, And we got some other people that we've met on the streets that we've spoken to. And here's the thing. If we don't go where they are, then we ain't going to catch nothing. Because have you noticed lately? People are not coming to church. Why? They got more important things to do. Why has there been a mass exodus from the church today? Well, here's a couple reasons. The preacher's stealing the money. Uh Uh-oh. And in the club, living double lives. What else? What else? Huh? Sleeping with people, pastors sleeping with people. Now, don't blame the pastor for everything now. Y'all don't start that now. Don't start that. Don't start blaming the pastor for everything, all right? What else? What else? What else? Why, why are people not coming to church today? All right, all right, the pastor driving, nice stuff, okay. Okay, all right. Church people see the leaders doing the same thing they're doing and they're not seeing anything different. What else? Ooh, ooh, ooh. They rather watch it on TV because it's what? Convenient. Amen. Who would have thought TV would get that popular, right? And it would, it would turn the tithe. What else? They've lost hope. People have been hurt by churches. How about all kinds of different doctrines? The distortion of the Bible. You don't know what to believe anymore. So you say, you know what? I'm just stay home and I'm going to watch Joel Osteen. <laughs> you know, or whoever is on television. You follow what I'm saying? So, so here's the thing. So now we're in a position where the church now is declining, but the church is sitting back saying, man, what do we do? They ain't coming no more, right? And then they will not. Saints, here's how you know when you're growing as a Christian. When you have a heart and a love to see unbelievers come to Jesus. That's how you know. When it's no longer just about you. This, I never thought in my life that I could care about anybody else but me. <laughs> never. And, and listen, and then talking about caring for people who ain't saved, that's a whole other story now. Okay, so what happens to a lot of people, they get saved and they get comfortable within their salvation because I got it, well, I'm good. But if you have no concern or care for somebody else that's perishing, this is where a lot of people lose their way in church also, right? I ask this question. If you died today, would you go to heaven? How many of you tonight can say for sure, for sure, without a shadow of a doubt, you're going to heaven? Is everybody? Now, let me ask this question. Why should God let you in? Okay. accepted him as your Lord and Savior. Okay. That's a deep question right there. Why should God let you in? Why should he let you in? Oh, because he loves you. Okay, all right, all right. Okay, all right. Okay, because of Jesus. Huh? He's a forgiving God. Okay, I get with that. I get with that. All right, so everybody here has placed their trust. So here's what I want to say to you the next time you ask this question, if you don't have the assurance, you must have the assurance. So that nobody can poke any holes into that theology that you're carrying around. You have to have the assurance that you're going to heaven. Now watch this. Watch this. All right? It's not based upon how good you are. It's based upon the fact that you have confessed with your mouth, believed in your heart that Christ died, was buried, and rose again from the dead. Now watch this. If you're basing it upon how you're living right now, amen. And if you're not living, amen, the life that is laid out for you, then we have to ask ourselves a question. Is that for real? Is your walk for real? You follow what I'm saying? Now, you can look at that thing over and over and over again, but you got to remember this, for by grace you've been saved. Not by any works, but by, by you placing your faith alone in Christ alone. But here's the thing. Your life should be producing fruit. Amen. You and I should be producing fruit, and we should be fruitful. And guess what? We should be multiplying. Are you with me? You know what? You know what? You know what? Watch this. You said tonight that you're sure you're going to heaven, right? But are you sure that your family members are going to heaven? Are you sure that your children are going to heaven? Are you sure that your nieces and nephews are going to heaven? And that's the reason why you got to take this piece of paper right here and put their names on here, and you got to start praying for them. God, save them. Save them, Lord. Save them. See, it takes something when you can care about somebody you don't even know. It's more than just getting people to come into the church. It's about caring and loving people, even if you don't even know who they are. Listen, we all got flaws in here. But you know what the beauty of this thing is? When we assemble together in the presence of God, guess what? <laughs> Amen. We are all one. Are you with me? In Christ. So, yeah, so I may be struggling with, 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 with a certain thing in my life, right? But that doesn't mean I'm not going to heaven <laughs> because I have the assurance, and you have to have that same assurance, that you're going to heaven. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so we got to go where they are and we must go where they are. Go to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5 and verse 1 and we must go where they are, right? Now watch this. It says, and they came to what? The other side of the sea. So in other words, Jesus was willing to what? Travel now watch this text this is is my favorite text this text reminds me of me they came over to the other side into the country of the what the Gerasenes look at verse 2 and when he got out the boat immediately a man from what with an unclean spirit met them here's the thing you gotta know that when you are courageous enough to go where they are they will just run right to you. I wish I had somebody. You Listen, we don't have to worry about how we're going to get them. All you have to do is be available to go get them. Jesus steps onto this city. He came into this countryside. The man who was living in the tomb with an unclean spirit met him. And he had been dwelling among the tombs and no one was able to what? Bind him anymore, even with a chain, because he had often been bound with shackles and change. I want to tell somebody something tonight. We have the power to release people. Hallelujah. That's been bound by change and living in a cemetery, in the tomb. This man lived in the cemetery. He was demon possessed. Watch the text. He was shackled. And look what it says and the the chains had been torn apart by him, and the shackles broken into pieces. And watch this and no one was strong enough to subdue him. I want to tell you something. This power in the name of Jesus. I wish you heard me tonight. There's power in the name of Jesus. And in the power of Jesus, Jesus can break every chain. He can release those that are, hallelujah, that are in captivity. But we are his representatives. And, And listen, the power is not in you. It's in the message that you carry. And that message is Jesus. Watch the text. The text says uh, He was not strong, they were not strong enough to subdue him. Verse 5, it says, And consistently, night and day, he was screaming among the tombs and in the mountains, gashing himself with stones. Verse 6, and seeing Jesus. Now here's the thing. What if Jesus would have never went over here? What if what if he would have just said you know what you know we're cool we got 12 (laughs) we got church (laughs) it's all good we're satisfied with this see I believe that God is moving and shifting his kingdom right now I believe God is looking for some people that are serious about the call because there is a world out here saints and people are dying every day Listen, they're dying every day without hearing the gospel. And we, as God's people, we need to go. And we need to tell it. Watch the text. Seeing him from a distance, he ran up and bowed down before him and shouted with a loud voice and said, What business do we have with each other, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God, do not torture me. And he had been saying to him, come out of the man. You what? Unclean spirit. Now this man was demon possessed, of course. And and I want to say something to you. As a man who used to be demon possessed, amen. the, The day that I confessed with my mouth, oh, I wish I had somebody. I had lost my mind. I'll never stop telling it. Every time I read this story, it reminds me of me. It reminds me of a man who had lost his mind, had everything, lost all of it, and then lost my mind. But there was somebody who was willing to share the gospel with me and told me that if you confess with your mouth, and believe in your heart that Christ died and he was buried and he rose from the dead. You shall be saved, my friend. And at that moment is the moment in my life where the demons left me and I got my right, I got my mind back. And I've been on fire for the Lord ever since. May I say this to you? I know that some of you may have not been through much. Amen. But some of you have, and the only reason you're sitting here tonight, clothed in your right mind, is because of the power of Jesus Christ. You may have said, "Well, I may not have been demon possessed, but guess what? You were. You were in the world." Amen. And the Lord rescued you from a destructive life. Anybody been delivered before? Anybody here been set free? amen it, it was by the power of Jesus that we are set free and guess what we have this good news why are we keeping it to ourselves watch the text the text says verse 7 and shouting with a loud voice he says what business do you have what do we have with each other Jesus son of the most high God see even demons know Jesus <laughs> the demons recognized him. And watch this. And we got folk in church who don't know nothing about him. Watch the text. He says, he says I implore you by God, do not torture me. For, we had, for he had been saying, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he was asking him, what is your name? And he said to him, my name is Legion, for we are many. You know what I'm trying to point out here? You have to be willing, if you've been reading through the book of Acts, you have to be willing to go where these demonic spirits are. (laughs) Amen. But if you don't have the assurance of salvation, (laughs) and if you don't have the assurance that you have the authority, God has given you and I the authority To go out there and say, listen, come on, come out of him in the name of Jesus. Come out of him. Be delivered in the name of Jesus. Be set free in the name of Jesus. I want to tell you something. The only way that can happen is if you present the gospel of Jesus Christ. When Paul went from... Asia Minor to Ephesus and he traveled in all these regions and Paul was persecuted everywhere he went. He was willing, he was bold enough and he wanted to take the good news around the world. And saints, I want to tell you something. It came with a price. And I understand, here's what I understand, here's what I understand. Between work, <laughs> family, mm mm-hmm. Amen. All the other stuff you got going on in your life, you're like, well, where am I going to put this in? Amen. You put it in by living at your work. (laughs) Amen. With your family. (laughs) Amen. And everywhere else you go. And somebody's going to look at your life and say, you know what? I want what you have. Because guess what? What you have, I don't have because it's apparent to me that I see light in you. And here's the other thing, the demons that's in that person will recognize the God in you and they will come and inquire, watch this, what must I do to be saved? You know, in the book of Acts, you see, there was one instance when uh, Peter and and, uh, Peter, I believe it was Peter, they were in jail and Peter was in jail and 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 they were church was praying, and the Bible says, as the church was praying, the foundation shook, amen, and they got out, but watch this, those soldiers died, but then it goes on in the book of Acts, and it says, when Paul and Silas was in prison, and the church was doing the same thing, the church was what praying, saints, we gotta pray, amen, watch this, and they're praying, and the foundation shook. But here's the difference. The guards that were in there, Paul said, hold on. They were going to take their lives because earlier the guards had been executed. I wish I had somebody. But here we are. Paul said, listen, don't you harm yourself. He says, we are here. And you know what they did? They took them out. And when they took them out of the prison, here's what the guard asked. He says, what must I do Oh, come on, somebody. Now, here's what I'm trying to show you. Paul and Silas could have ran out of that prison. Mm -mm 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 -mm. But they understood the responsibility that they had because watch this. They were always thinking about bringing a soul to Christ. They could have ran out. Now, the, the, the consequence for a guard, you correctional officers, back in the day, when you lose your prisoner, they would execute you. <laughs> Amen. Paul and Sa- they remained in that prison because they were compassionate enough to know they're going to execute these guys. And here's the world's here's the world's solution. When they get overwhelmed, you know what the Bible says that the, the God was getting ready to do? He was getting ready to kill Himself, and that's what happens in the world when people get overwhelmed. Oh, I wish I had somebody. When people get to the point where they can't take it no more, you know what? They, you know what? The only answer is to take their lives. But not so. with with Paul standing there saying, now hold on. And when they walked out, they understood that these men were different. See, what I'm trying to show you tonight is your actions prove that you're different. You came here tonight with a motive. You came here tonight, amen, to get something from God. But God knows your true heart. He knows you. And only God can judge you. But here's the thing. The fact that Jesus is in this place and these demons recognize him. Look at verse 10. And he began imploring him earnestly not to send them out. Now the word legions means thousands. So this man had thousands of demons. That's what the word legion means. You see verse 9, he says, my, my, my name is legion for we, you notice that we, for we are what? Many. Verse 10, and he began imploring him earnestly not to send them out, what, into the country. Now there was a large herd of swine feeding nearby on the mountain. And the demons, you see it, now they went from being legions to demons. So all the while we know this man was demon-possessed. So what I'm trying to tell you is this that, that, that we fight a spiritual battle. Remember I told you that last week? That when you go out here and people, you know, when we went out this week, you know, there were people that people say, I don't, I don't want that fly. I, I don't want to talk to you. I don't man, get out of my face. You know what I mean? You know, all kinds of rejections we got. But you gotta remember that don't take that personal, y'all? You know? When you go out there and people reject your message, don't just shake the dust off and move on to the next thing. You feel what I'm saying? Because somebody's going to hear you because God will orchestrate that thing, right? But watch this. The demons implored him saying, send us into the swine. I believe that's why the Muslims don't eat, don't eat pork now. Uh, so, they, so they may enter them. The demons went into the what? Jesus gave them, now watch the text. This is why you got to read the Bible very slowly. Jesus gave them what? What kind of God is that? What kind of God is that? That can say to a demonic spirit, I'm going to give you permission to do that. What kind of God is that? Now we see who Jesus is. Listen, Jesus has the power over everything, and we serve him, and we have the Holy Spirit in us. We have been delivered from demon possession. Come on, somebody. Some of you were bound by demons. Some of you had different types of demonic holes upon your life until you met Jesus. Hallelujah to his holy name. And let me say this to you tonight. When you oppress yourself and you put yourself back into a mental state of slavery hallelujah to his holy name. Watch you, this, you're going back to those days like the children of Israel where they said, oh, I wish we were back in Egypt. They were not free in Egypt, but they hit a rough spot in life. And that's what happens to us when we hit a rough patch in life. Guess what? We want to go back to the way things used to be. But you got to remember, you were bound. You and I were bound. The Bible says that we were enslaved to sin. We were on the slave market of sin being sold for cheap. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And Satan was having his way with us. But now. Oh thank you Jesus. Oh thank you Lord. But now. Listen I may not be perfect. But guess what? I know I'm saved. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Come on, come on, come on. If you're saved tonight, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You and I have been set free. We got something to shout about. And here's the question. Here's the thing tonight, saints, to see somebody else. You know, when I go out there in the world and I go to, to all these different places, on this sheet of paper, right? And I go to all these, these all these people, and I watch these people. I said to myself, man, man, Lord, open an opportunity for me to say something. You find what I'm saying? To say something to them because I see them perishing. Man is in search of happiness, but he'll never find it in money. He'll never find it in sex and drugs and alcohol. He'll never find it in the pleasures of this world, but he will find peace in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah to his holy name. The Bible says he gave permission. I'm about to close. Permission and and, and he gave the permission. Now, what kind of God is that? That the demons have to ask for permission. Amen. Amen. And he gave them permission and coming out, the unclean spirits entered the swine and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea about what? 2,000. So that means there were about 2,000 demons in this man. That's why he was so strong. That's why they couldn't subdue him. That's why he would howl in 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 the cemetery late at night. He was out of his mind. 2,000 demons had him bound. But let me show you something. Let me show you this. I'm going to end this. Watch what the Bible says. The Bible says, and they, they, they went into the sea, about 2,000 of them, and they were drowned in the sea. Now watch this. See, this is, this, you got to be careful of haters. Watch this. Verse 14. Their herds ran away. The, the, their herds, herdsmen ran away and reported to the city and in the country, and the people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and observed the man who had been demon-possessed, sitting down, clothed, woo! In his right mind. Somebody here tonight, you are out of your mind. But Jesus. Come on, somebody. You're gonna you gonna get with me tonight? You are listen, listen, I, I'm trying to tell you, I feel my help tonight. We were all out of our minds. Are you with me? The text says he's clothed in his right mind. Clothed in his what? In his right mind. 2,000 demons in this man. The very man who had had legions and watches and they became what? Frightened. Not everybody going to understand your conversion. Not everybody going to understand your deliverance watch the text those who had seen it described it to, to them how it had happened to the demon possessed man and all and watch this now and all about the swine look at verse 17 and they began to implore him watch this to do what hold on a minute hold on a minute hold on a minute hold on a minute for a minute here for a minute The people that say they love us, that want to see us do better in life, start doing better and you're going to find out who they really are. They they don't want you to do better. Rather than rejoicing, oh, I wish I had somebody. They said to Jesus, leave this region. And here's the thing you got to get ready for when you go outreach witnessing and you go sharing the good news, you got to get ready for rejection. They told him, told this, they told Jesus, not the man, Jesus, leave their region. Verse 18, watch it. And he was getting into the boat and the man who had been demon possessed was imploring him that he might accompany him. He said, Jesus, I want to follow you. Oh, I remember the day God delivered me. I remember the day. I remember the day. I remember the hour. I remember the minute. I remember. I remember November 11th of 2000. I remember the day that I employed Jesus. And I said, Lord, I want to follow you. Watch the text. And he did not let him, but he said, watch this. Watch what he said. What greater witness. Oh, somebody with me tonight. What greater witness? What greater witness? Can you imagine? See, when my family members see me now, they remember, that's the guy that lost his mind. Look at him now. He preaching the word. Now, here's the thing. I don't even have to tell them anything. Guess what? They want to follow me because guess what? They're like, "Uh uh-huh, there's something real about what happened to him. Because I remember when he was out there in Alvin sitting on the side of the road, out of his mind, talking to himself on the side of the road, amen, walking down 59 with a big stick thinking he Moses, amen, talking to himself, lost his mind and now look at him clothed in his right mind you better go tell somebody you better go tell somebody look what jesus said jesus said you're gonna do better rather than coming with me you're gonna do better watch verse 19 and he did not let him come let him but he said go home Oh, hallelujah to your holy name. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Go home. Do you know how long he had been there? He had been away from his family, his friends, his associates, everybody. Listen, his high school teacher, his elementary teacher, they didn't even know what happened to this boy. But Jesus says, here's what I want you to do. I need you to what? Go home. To what? To your people. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to report to them. Hallelujah to his holy name. The what? What great things. What what? What great things. What great things. What great things. The Lord has done for you y'all ain't getting it y'all ain't getting it what great things can I ask your question what great things has he done for you what great things has the Lord done for you see that's the question tonight and can you imagine him going home Let's picture this in our sanctified imagination. Here's a man who had lost all of it. It never tells us how old he is, but he's a grown man. Because he was big enough and strong enough. So he must have grown up somewhere. He was the guy that was least likely to make it. Hallelujah to his holy name. But the Lord got a hold of him. After the devil had used him up, he said, "Here, what I want you to do. You can go with me, but I want you to do one thing. I want you to go back to your people. I want you to tell them. I want you to witness. <laughs> See, this is why you got to preserve your Testimony. Okay, this is why you got to preserve it because here's the thing. If you got, listen, listen, you can come to church every week and you can say one thing and live something different. You got to strive hard. Lord, let me live this thing. But here's the thing. Here's the thing though. Uh, Have anybody here ever been delivered? Huh? Yeah? Yeah? Have you ever been delivered? And you know it was God that delivered you? Oh, come on, somebody. See, you have a strong witness then. He says, go and tell them what what the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy. On you, look what the verse said in verse twenty. And he went away and began, and he began, and he began that word. Now that word is not that word in the Greek is the word for is the word caruso, and that means he begins to preach. He becomes a preacher. God took a man from the cemetery. This will be in chapter two of my chapter three of my book. He took a man from the cemetery and put him in the pulpit. He took a man who had lost his mind and caused him to go about just telling, you don't have to know all the Bible. tell your story when was the last time you shared your story when was the last time you told somebody about what the Lord has done for you is that deep as Bible says he began to proclaim in the what great things Jesus had done for him and everyone Was what? But remember, they kicked him out of that region. And then this man becomes Jesus' mouthpiece in that region to witness. Tell your story, saints. Tell your story. Listen, you know what we do? We enjoy the blessings, but it's when you're going through that's when you got to tell your story. That's when you got to remember what Jesus.